Welcome everybody to the Optimized Capacity Podcast. My name is Nick Hager and I'll be your podcast host here. And the way this podcast works is we do one interview a month and one kind of discussion-based podcast. And today we're going to be discussing the top five things I learned in 2021. Crazy year, crazy last few years with COVID and all the other madness in our world. I don't think our country's ever been more divided and at least in my time, things have never been as weird as they've been these last few years. But what I wanted to zone in is on things in 2021 that kind of changed my perspective on things, things that I learned that went well, didn't learn that I learned that didn't go so well. I tend to be more of an optimist in life, so I try to look at failures and shortcomings as learning opportunities, never really get too stuck in the negative and just kind of always look at the day ahead. And I think it's nice to reflect upon these things and see kind of what happened in the last year and what you can learn from it. One other thing that I do like to do that starts the year that's a little cliche is I will usually write out yearly goals, both personally and uh, work-wise. So I'll write out two or three business goals, two or three personal goals. Hopefully those are stated around improving on all aspects. Um But before you can do any sort of goal setting, you have to reflect upon what you're doing well and what you're not doing well to help build that. So I want to get into this and some things that I've learned. Let's start with number one. Work hard and believe in yourself and things will happen. I know you hear that all the time and it probably seems a little over the top, but I think this last year proved it to be more true than ever. So one year into business, opened the business in the middle of pandemic, many people doubted that it would work well, and it's actually flourished. Now, why is that? And I think a lot of that is just, again, having a goal, believing in yourself, and being genuine with what you do. A lot of people think they work hard and don't actually work that hard. Um, to work hard or know that you're working, you got to be able to push yourself to a point of being uncomfortable. If things are easy and laid back, you're going to usually keep things status quo or regress. You've got to push yourself to be uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think this year has taught me that more than anything else where some days are good, some days are bad, some weeks are good, some weeks are bad, and you can hit slumps and things like that. But just know that if you're being genuine, if you're hardworking, and you have a pathway set or some sort of goal to achieve, It will happen if you work for it. I have an honest belief that if people think that you're genuine and hardworking and caring, you'll create this natural environment where people want to come back to see you, people want to work with you, be around you. So if you create that attitude that no matter what I do, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to outwork my competition, no problem will stop me in my progress, and they're only learning experiences rather than problems or speed bumps, I guarantee you'll make it so far in this world. So look at your inefficiencies, set some goals, work at those goals, and no matter what people say or how hard things get, just get ready to ramp them up. And one thing I tend to do, which is almost habitual more than I'm voluntarily doing it, is often at night, each night I'll go to bed and while I'm kind of rolling around to get comfortable, what I'll do is I'll try to just think about what I need to do to get better. What client did I come up short with? What project am I dropping the ball on? What can I do to get better each and every day? And I guarantee in the long run, things will always work out no matter what the scenario. 
The second thing I learned is more PT wellness related. We are in the year 2022 now, and I get amazed by how people still think in a 1985 mindset. By that, I mean they think the solution to their health and fitness problem are quick fixes. I can have surgery and my issues will go away. I can go on this diet and I'll lose weight. I can work hard for this next four to six week block and I'm going to look leaner and stronger. Um, I'll do these two or three hip stretches and all my back pain will go away. There is no quick fix. There is no magical pill. And I think as a provider, as a coach, whatever you do, that's probably one of the first lessons that you have to install. That if you want to have a life of pain-free life, a life you enjoy, it's going to take time and effort. If you're in the gym and you're trying to get stronger, trying to put on weight, maybe trying to lose weight, it takes time. You might see changes within a month's period, but it takes years, particularly for weightlifting. I mean, you can spend decades and take that long to see noticeable changes. Um, if you have pain, people will be like, oh, if I do this cryotherapy, if I take this healing regenerative pill, it will all fix my issues. And yes, there's so many tools out there to adjunct your healing and recovery, but there is no quick fix. If you go to a PT and say that you do this for two weeks, all your issues will go away, that PT is wrong. If you go to a fitness influencer on social media and they tell you to do this FIAD diet or follow their eight-week block and you will look lean and thin, they are wrong. It takes time. It takes effort. There is no quick fix. So as a provider, you need to be educating that from the beginning. Where are there any efficiencies? How long it will take to notice a change? But more importantly, how long will it take to install lifelong changes that will be there to enjoy? If you're a coach, same thing. If you're a doctor, same thing. If you're somebody trying to improve yourself, have that attitude, okay, I have these small goals. Like I'm going to try to get on the bike three times a week for 10 minutes, and that's my small goal to start. But know that that month-long goal or that, whatever, 75-day program that you're running, that is a chip in the block of trying to build a nice lifelong wellness program. There is no quick fix. Lesson three, COVID sped up specialization. I can't name how many athletes I've seen, basketball players that quit playing baseball, soccer players that quit playing basketball, baseball players who quit doing off-season training so they can play more baseball. I feel like COVID sped up specialization even more. With less options to play in tournaments, less options for doing cross-training, people really bunkered down and just zoned in on whatever their sport is. I've seen more over-UC kind of injuries in these past year or so than I've seen in my career. A lot of that is because they're squeezing in a shortened season in a six to eight week interval. But a lot of that is because they're even doing more specialization than before. One of the healthiest things you can do for the rest of your life for fitness is cross training. If you're into CrossFit, the more you can do yoga and go on a run, the better. If you're in the running, more you can lift weights and do 
active recovery, the better. Variability of movement is going to be the lifelong solution. Now, it's really hard for people to appreciate that because all they have in perspective are what are their competitors doing, playing more of the sport, that idea that more is better, or often more is actually worse. And right now, I feel like because of COVID and, again, lack of gyms to go to, lack of tournaments, team play, social interaction, it caused people to even bunker down more into specialization. So if you're in a provider, sometimes tell people what they don't want to hear. Let them know that the last thing they need to do to become a better athlete is to do more of the sport. Let them know that maybe two years ago they didn't notice these nagging injuries that they have now because they weren't as specialized, they weren't as singular in their training. Again, lesson three, COVID sped up specialization. Lesson four, the power of rotation. If you know your basic principles of progression, you know that typically we want to progress from the sagittal forward plane to the frontal side to side plane and eventually get to the plane of rotation. But what I've learned for both the health side of things as well as the performance side of things, rotation is incredibly powerful. If we go on the health side of things, we need to restore rotation of your joint of emphasis, hip, shoulder, thoracolumbar junction, whatever you're working on, if you can restore the mobility of rotation and you can restore the intrinsic stability of rotation, what you lead to is circumferential or 360 degrees of joint mobility and stability. You're going to be articulating all ends of a joint capsule. You're beginning every single muscle to stabilize that joint where if you can get to the point where you're restoring and training rotation, it's going to then improve every other direction. Now, when you get in the health side of things and you're thinking about progressing a movement pattern, maybe you're doing hip work, right? You've been doing bridges and hip thrusts and maybe some frontal plane things like side leg raises or lateral lunges. But the more you can get a rotatory control of the hip, like a rotisserie chicken bridge, like a standing fire hydrant, whatever you can do to get rotation into the hip, that's what's going to have more carryover into function and get more motor recruitment patterns. Now, when it comes to performance, rotation is equally as powerful. When you think about golf, when you think about baseball, even when you think about single leg activities, they're all rotational based. So if I can do a single leg squat, yes, it looks like a linear sagittal activity, but I'm actually controlling the frontal plane, the transverse plane, and the sagittal plane. I'm controlling all three planes of motion if I can keep things appropriately aligned and accept weight into the movement pattern. Now, if I'm trying to progress core strength, if I'm trying to train power or speed, eventually we have to get to rotation if we want that to carry over into sport. So the more you can be doing chops, lifts, payoff presses, med ball rotations, etc., the better, because that's going to, again, stimulate everything we talked about on the health side, but have a greater carryover into sport. Now, even though rotation is powerful and it is something we should all be achieving to improve at, it is also the most loading of the joint. So if you have any dysfunctional and you're going to high-end rotational loading, that's obviously going to cause issues. So there's a time and place for everything, but I think the penultimate goal for health and performance is trying to train rotation. My fifth lesson that I really picked up in 2001 is the power of your word choice. Again, COVID was here, our health and wellness, whole situation, moral beliefs, political beliefs all changed dramatically in the last year. 
And I've really zoned in on the value of your word choice. So in our setting, we're particularly trying to promote a health and wellness model where we're not trying to create band-aids or quick fixes. We're trying to create long-term solutions. So we want to try to set this model from the get-go and provide the appropriate word choice to dictate that. So we try not to call our clients patients. Patients has this connotation that you're in pain, you're dysfunctional, and you have issues. When we recap things with our clients, we don't tell them that they have dysfunctions. We tell them they have energy leaks or they have inefficiencies. These are things that are correctable and have actions versus a dysfunction is something that you're stuck with. Maybe we're giving a home program, right? So if I'm telling you I'm giving you home exercises to do or homework to do, again, there's that negative connotation. If I think I have homework, I think it's something I don't want to do and I'm forced to do. What I like to call it is challenge work, motivational work, change work. If you can create buzzwords that then put a positive connotation, you're going to get better follow-through with it. So be conscious of the words that you're choosing and how someone else might interpret it that doesn't have your background and your understanding of the current scenario. So those are the top five things that I learned in 2021, and I guarantee I'll learn five more, ten more things this coming year in 2022. So a quick little recap. Work hard and believe in yourself and good things will happen. If you're genuine and hardworking and you stay with it, I guarantee you'll reach your goals. Lesson number two, the mindset of quick fixes is prevalent. Help people understand that being healthy and happy is a long-term thing, not a short-term thing. No magical pill. Third thing I learned, COVID increased the rate of specialization. Teach people that variety of movement and loading things at different speeds, directions, loads, under different environments are all the solutions to improving better on all aspects of being an athlete. The fourth thing I learned was the power of rotation, both in the health and the performance side of things. If we can control rotation, both from a mobility and stability and functional standpoint, we're going to get the best outcomes. And lesson number five that I learned is the power of, uh, sorry, the value of your word choice. Know how you're communicating with your clientele and understand how they might interpret what you're saying. Use positive words, take away that negative reinforcement, and you'll get better buy-in. Hopefully you at least took one little nugget away from that, and maybe you agree with one of those things that I learned. But it's been awesome chit-chatting you. Our next discussion will be going over movement patterns that every CrossFit athlete should be doing. And our next interview will be talking about concussions. So stay tuned. More fun content to come. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Our goal is to help individuals like you learn practical knowledge you can apply today. If you want more information on capacity performance therapy, capacity edu, and more services offered by capacity, go to capacitypt.com or follow us at capacity.pt on Instagram and Facebook.